the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Hello and welcome as we lift up Jesus with Pastor Dudley Rutherford. I'm Kyle Welch. Have you ever asked yourself the question, who is Jesus or what does it mean to be saved? How about questions like, what is eternity? Or is there a real God? And where is he when I'm really suffering? These are just some of the topics we explore every day on this program. In these challenging times, we believe that God's Word is the source to all our answers. So if you can, get out your Bibles. And let's join Pastor Dudley right now with his message for us today. In our text today, chapter 12, verses 7 through 10, we find a gold mine of information and encouragement for any time you are struggling with some type of weakness or trial, a problem, a storm, something that's weighing heavy on your heart. I want to speak to you on the subject of thorns and storms. 2 Corinthians 11 verse 23. Read along with me. I have worked much harder. I've been in prison more frequently. I've been flogged more severely, been exposed to death again and again. Five times I received from the Jews the 40 lashes minus one. Three times I was beaten with rods. Once I was stoned. Three times I was shipwrecked. I spent a night and a day in the open sea. I have been constantly on the move. I have been in danger from rivers, in danger from bandits, in danger from my own countrymen. He continues to say, I have been in danger from Gentiles, in danger from the city. Read it with me. In danger in the country, in danger at sea, and in danger from false brothers. I have labored and toiled and have often gone without sleep. I have known hunger and thirst and have often gone without food. I've been cold and naked. Besides everything else, I face daily the pressure of my concern for all the churches. I want you to write this down in your notes. It's very important. The word thorn in the Greek does not mean like a little thorn. It means a stake or a tent peg. When he says, I had this thorn in my side, he's not talking about a little thorn on a rose bush. In the Greek, it's the word for a stake, something, write this down, that is vicious, something that was severe. It was debilitating. It was constant. It was unrelenting. It was some type of horrible suffering. It was like a spear that had been thrust into his side, and every day, whoever thrust it in there continued to twist it when it was in there. 
Now, we don't know for sure what it was. Many people have guessed that it could be all the things that he had PTSD, a post-trauma a stress disorder, all the things that had happened to him back in chapter 11, that he just never got over those things. We do know the Bible says in Galatians six seventeen, Paul wrote that he bore on his body the marks of Jesus Christ. We know that. The Bible says in 2 Corinthians 10, 10, speaking of the apostle Paul, for some say his letters are weighty and forceful, but in person, have you ever met the guy? He is, how shall I say this? He is unimpressive. He could have been the world's worst speaker. And he keeps showing up like a missionary speaker. He's on these missionary journeys, keeps showing up at the church. And imagine if your main job is writing and speaking and traveling, and you you can't see very well. No, No one really knows what the thorn in his side was. But that thorn symbolizes for us that thing in your life that torments you. That thing in your life that causes you pain. And he was given this thorn. And then verse 8 says that three times, everybody say three times. He said, three times I begged, I prayed, I pleaded with the Lord to take this thing away from me. But verse 9, he said to me, God said to me, my grace is sufficient for you. For my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, Paul says, if that's the case, I will boast all the more gladly about my weaknesses so that Christ's power may just rest on me. And that is why he said in verse 10, for Christ's sake, I will delight in weaknesses. I will delight in insults. I will delight in hardships. I will delight in persecutions. I will delight in difficulties. I will delight in my thorns. For when I am weak, he said, then I am strong. There are three things that you need to know about your thorns. Number one, write this down. You need to accept your thorns. God always has a plan. Sometimes God allows things to happen to us to correct us. Sometimes he allows things to happen to us to perfect us. Sometimes he allows things to happen to us to protect us. And oftentimes he allows things to happen in our life to teach us or to mature us. Hebrews 12 says, Just like a parent disciplines a child, so does God discipline his children because he loves us. It's interesting in verse 7, if you look at these words, Paul said it was given to me. It says to keep me from becoming what? Conceited. Now, who, who does not want you to become conceited? God. Who wants you to become conceited? Satan. So the understanding here is that God was the one who gave him this thorn. Satan wouldn't give you a thorn to keep you from becoming conceited. Only God would do something like that. Now we don't know if God actually did it or God allowed it to happen. We do know this, that in his mind he said to keep me from being conceited, God gave him this thorn 
and yet he referred to it as a messenger of Satan sent to torment me. Very often, the same event that God sent to strengthen you is the same event that Satan will try to derail you. Own your thorn. Now, this is a level up from just accepting it. This, this is where you almost embrace it. This is going to sound strange to some of you. Verse 8, it says that three times that he pleaded with God to remove this thorn, to take this thorn away. And in verse 9, God said, no, three times. I'm not removing that thorn. My grace is sufficient for you. I want you to know there are times that I have prayed not three times. I've prayed 3,000 times for God to take something away or to fix something. And God says no 3,000 times. Paul didn't pray 3,000 times. He only prayed three. Lord, remove this stake. It's torturing me. It's hampering me. Will you please remove that thorn? God said no, no, no. When God said, no, my grace is sufficient, in other words, I'm not removing the thorn, but what I will do, I will give you grace to make it through that storm. I will give you the grace to deal with every thorn. So he prays three times. God says no three times. I would have kept praying another 3,000 times. But Paul just said, you know what, God, if you're telling me you're not going to remove this thing, then I will accept that. And instead of me sitting around and complaining about my thorn, I will boast all the more gladly about my weakness so that Christ's power may just rest on me. Stay with me. Paul has to make a choice. And here's his choice. No thorn, which means I don't need grace. Or I can keep the thorn. And instead of asking God to remove the thorn, he's going to give me lots of grace. Which do I want? So Paul thought about that. And he said, he decides, instead of praying for it to be gone, he says, you know what? I'll keep the thorn. Just give me a river of grace. Which means that the power of God's grace to sustain you is often of more value than God's power to heal you. There are times... For our benefit, that God's grace flows into our lives. That ability for God to be with us through the storm is often of greater value than God has the ability to heal us and remove that thorn. I want you to know, write this down, that the greater your weakness, the greater your need for God's grace. The greater the thorn. The greater you need God's grace, the greater the storm, the greater your need is for God's grace. 
There's this small country road in western Kentucky called Lick Skillet Road. I want you to just say Lick Skillet Road. Only in western Kentucky can there be a street called Lick Skillet Road. Obviously, somewhere in that history, they licked their skillets. And if you look it up, and I did, Lick Skillet Road is right next to Watermelon Road. <laughs> and in between those two roads, there's a creek called Whippoorwill Creek. And one day, the locals decided they needed to build a bridge over Whippoorwill Creek. When they decided to build a bridge over Whippoorwill Creek, They knew instinctively that they did not need to build a Golden Gate Bridge. All they needed to build was just a little local bridge over a little tiny creek because that's all they needed. Amen? Roger Barrier wrote that God doesn't give martyrs grace to secretaries because secretaries don't need that much grace. He gives secretaries secretaries grace. But if that secretary ever became a martyr, then God would give that secretary martyr's grace. He said God doesn't give martyr's grace to bankers. He gives bankers, he gives them banker's grace. But let that banker be on trial for being a martyr for Jesus Christ, then God will give that banker martyr's grace. I'm saying that God's plan is to give you the right amount of grace for whatever it is that you're going through. And instead of being bitter and upset and complaining about your thorn, that God hasn't removed it yet, why don't you just own that thorn and just say, God, would you please give me the grace to sustain me through this trial? And that grace is sufficient for me. You have to get to a point. You have, listen... You can either sit around and complain all day long about your thorn, or you got to get to a point where you say, okay, Lord, you're not going to remove the thorn. I get it. But the more I hurt, the more I'm going to lean in on you. And if that's the case, I just want you to know I will boast all the, instead of complaining, I will boast all the more gladly about my weakness. Because I know that when I'm at my weakest point, God, that that's when you show up in my life the most. Accept that thorn on that thorn. Number three, write this down. Use that thorn. Use your thorn. Look at verse 10. That's why it's not, this isn't about me. This is for Christ. For Christ's sake. I will delight in my weakness. I will delight in, my ins- in the insults and the hardships and the persecutions and the difficulties that I go through. Because when I'm at my weakest point, I have to look to you. And when you pour that grace upon me at that moment, I'm at my strongest point. You see, when you're weak, you're trusting in God. And then you become strong to get through that storm. And you use that strength that you had received from God to be a blessing to those around you. Philip Yancey told the story of a woman who was getting married and she planned a huge wedding banquet at a Hyatt hotel. They spent tens of thousands of dollars. Everything was planned for and paid for. And at the last minute, the groom dumped her. 
She tried to cancel, but she couldn't get her money back. So she decided to just go ahead and have a party. (laughs) Years before, she'd been through some very difficult times of her own and had actually lived in a homeless shelter. She decided to invite the local down-and-out people living in the local homeless shelters. And for the dinner that night, they served boneless chicken in honor of the groom. Amen? And the homeless people were served a fancy meal on fine china with a band playing in the background. Write this down. When you accept your weakness and own those weaknesses and trust in God's grace, we become gracious people, and all of a sudden we become dispensers of God's grace. We take that which happened in our life, and we actually become a blessing to those people around us. You've got to trust in God's plan. Know that God has a plan. God never says, oops. The Bible says that we know that in all things, God works for the good of those who love him, who've been called according to his what? His purpose. God has a purpose for your life. And he's got a purpose for my life. And he reveals that purpose to us when we're going through the good times, but he also reveals that when we're going through the tough times. Secondly, you need to learn to dwell or live in God's love. The Bible says that we are more than conquerors, more than conquerors, through him who loved us. For I'm convinced that neither death nor life nor angels nor demons nor the present nor the future nor any powers neither height nor depth nor anything in all creation would ever be able to separate us from the love of God. And if you remember that God loved you so much that he was willing to sacrifice his son for you, he's not going to let his son die for you and then just leave you hanging somewhere. He's going to continue to love you and continue to prepare and, pr- and provide for you and to, and to help you get through any storm you might face. He will never leave you. He will never forsake you. At the end of the day, you have to wake up every day, no matter how bad things are in your life, no matter how big the thorn is you, you, you're carrying around, you just have to know that God loves me. And the third thing is you need to look ahead to God's eternity. Read Revelation 21. Read Revelation 22. Look at what heaven is going to be like. 1 Corinthians 2, no eye has seen, no ear has heard, no mind can conceive of what God has prepared for those who love him. This world is not your home. You're just passing through. Our treasures are laid up somewhere beyond the blue. I close with this true story from Corey Tinboom in a book called Tramp for the Lord. She tells the story of an old woman that she met in Russia during the time of communist persecution of Christians during the Cold War. She walked into this room and there was an old lady on a small sofa propped up by pillows. Her body was bent and twisted beyond recognition by multiple sclerosis. Her aged husband cared for her. 
The only part of her body that she could control was her right hand. And with her index finger, she had for many years glorified God by typing on a vintage typewriter one letter at a time all day, all night, tap, 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 tap. She translated Christian books into Russian. Just one finger, whole body, tap, 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 all day, all night. She typed out portions of the Bible. She typed out and translated books by Billy Graham. She even typed out and translated books by Corey Tinboom. Her husband said that not only did, did she translate books, but she often prays for the people who's going to read these books. Corey Tinboom looked at this woman's distorted body on this sofa, her head hanging down, her feet curled up underneath her body, typing on one little finger. And Corey Tinboom in her mind, she said, Lord, why don't you heal her? The husband, sensing her anguish, turned to Corey Tinboom and said, God has a purpose in her sickness. He said, Every other Christian in this city is being watched by the secret police. But because she has been so sick so long, no one ever looks in on her anymore. They leave us alone. And she's the only person in the city that is allowed to do what she does. Tap, 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 tap. Has it ever dawned on you that the very thing that you most want removed from your life is the very thing that God wants to use for His glory? Every believer, every believer should glory in your weakness. For in that weakness is where Christ is revealed in your life to others. It's a blessing for us to bring this program to you every day. We exist only by our faithful partners who support us through their prayers and financial gifts. If Pastor Dudley's message has been a blessing to you, we would like to encourage you to consider joining in partnership with us so we can continue to be here every day to bless others with this important ministry. Your gifts, whether large or small, are greatly appreciated and go directly to help keep us on the air. You can find out more about supporting us by calling our toll-free number, 888-818-4777. That number again is 888-818-4777. We have operators standing by and ready to take your call. You can also support us by going to our website, liftupjesus.com forward slash reach. That address again is liftupjesus.com forward slash and then the word reach. If you're like me, you've discovered there are some books in the Bible that are not always easy to navigate through. Like, for instance, the book of Proverbs. 
Proverbs contains 31 chapters and can be very daunting to go through if you are looking for a specific topic. That's why Pastor Dudley has created the perfect resource to help you with the book of Proverbs. It's called Proverbs in a Haystack, and it is our special offer for everyone listening today. Proverbs in a Haystack removes the challenge of searching through the book of Proverbs. It has over 2,000 topics that easily cross-reference to the exact chapter and verse you are looking for. This invaluable resource can be yours right now for a gift of any size to the Lift Up Jesus radio ministry. You can receive your copy of Proverbs in a Haystack by calling us at 888-818-4777. That number again is 888-818-4777. You can also order this book directly from our website, liftupjesus.com. That address again is liftupjesus.com. We know you will be blessed by this unique resource created exclusively by Pastor Dudley. So be sure to call right now and ask for your copy of Proverbs in a Haystack today. I'm Kyle Welch, inviting you to join us tomorrow at this same time as we again lift up Jesus with Pastor Dudley.